Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan and once again I'll be joining you as we travel through the 41st millennium and with me are both of my fellow travellers this time, Ben and Steve. How are you guys? Yep, very good, thank you. Do you have a script, Dan, or does it just like roll off the tongue? I can't see you while we record. Well, I always wonder. I, I, I do have a script, but then basically I read the first bit and then start to waffle. Close your eyes. Close my eyes. I just become into. <laughs> I just become one with the forty-first millennium, and uh, just kind of something comes to my head, and I say w- weird stuff. Nice. Well, I'm great. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys and to to everyone that listens. I hope Santa brought you lots of resin and or plastic toys. Got some. Uh, some lovely Forge World, uh, Age of Sigma this time, but um, but also some cash, which is getting invested into some more plastic. So, yeah, mm. no, it's good. Exciting times. Ben, what about you? Did uh, Santa bring you any any of the war No, we have, uh, we have rules in my house. We know not to buy meat <laughs> toys because <laughs> either it's uh, the new hotness is out by the time I get hold of them, and they're, they're old news, or I've bought them already. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, don't, need, I don't need my wife buying me Warhammer. Uh, I have enough of a problem buying it myself. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, uh, on with the episode. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about a little bit about of a, a retrospective look at 2017, about what's come out, what we liked about the releases, potentially what we didn't like, uh, what we we wished could have been released, etc., etc. So, <laughs> the first book that came out, the big one, Space Marines. <laughs> well, in fact, rewind. Let's rewind about Eighth edition hit us, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it weird that it doesn't? I mean, how long? It wasn't that long ago, but it no, feels like it wasn't what? even. What was it like? July, June, July. Well, do you remember when the podcast was born? Yeah, that's when it. That's when no. it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So the most important thing that happened in 2017, obviously, was episode one of Ashes of the Imperium. I'm sure you'll all agree. <laughs> but a close second, a close second to that is obviously the release of 8th edition. So I guess we should probably mention uh, something about that because that's when we saw Primaris Marines. That's when we yeah. saw that amazing box set, Dark Imperium, you know, with a hardback rulebook inside it. Yeah, it's a game changer for me because um, I'm being old school. I, 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 I'm a sucker for a book. I mean, a nice, chunky book. I can put post it notes in, I can flick through. Uh, so to get the hardback in the starter set, uh, and that didn't break the bank on it was just amazing. And I think, I think again, it's full of background. It's full of art. It's full of concepts. It's full of all of those things that I love personally, as well as some stats and some rules. Um, so yeah, it just kickstarted me back into 40k really. I think that one of the coolest parts is that it's still a good set now, as in it's not like you can, uh, get bored of buying it. I mean, you know, if, if you're starting primary sorry, you can't go wrong with two of those sets. You know, find someone that's doing Death Guard and split it with them and, and swap swap it out because then you've got a really solid core to which to to add to. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's exactly my situation. I got the the box set, built it, painted it, and putting the finishing touches to it as we speak, actually, um, and played a couple of games of it. And then, obviously, the next thing I'm looking at is. What do you add? So, you know, a bit of a dreadnought and, you know, then you just want to start play bigger games and easiest thing to add is just another starter set, the second one, and it it does the grand old job of just filling the army out with really useful stuff. You don't get anything in there really that you don't want. 
Maybe no. you might not need four lieutenants, or you yeah, know, what, I suppose. But then you, can, you can convert them, can't there? you? You know, then you've got spare yeah, models. You, you know, you could potentially even uh, make one a chaplain. Yeah, you know, with a, with a fair bit of converting there, obviously to turn that into a chaplain or a librarian. But you know, I've seen things, similar things done. Um, what I quite like about the Hellblasters is that when they release the multi-part plastic kit, the Hellblaster variants are the heavy uh, plasma guns are. Um, they've just got like the cabling that goes through a backpack and the the assault ones have got like a kind of targeter type thing so you could easily find targeters in your bits box and stick those on the uh, hell blasters that come in the starter set and say they're assault variants or you could get a bit of green stuff or guitar wire you know like, like, have you seen those green stuff um, uh, cable makers yeah I've got one um, yeah. green stuff world uh, it just so easy and, and again, just a bit of, bit of a tip that you obviously, you roll it out and you get it in the, in the little, in the grooves and give it a, a roll. And then all you need to do is just give it, I don't know, sort of 15, 20 minutes. To and it, like semi-cure. Exactly. And then it's, a, it's man enough that you can kind of handle it, um, but then just bend it into the shapes you want. And it's still, you know, it's core, it's still malleable. And then, and then, yeah, and then just glue it into place. And it's, it's, um. I, I, so that's I think you could you could use those to uh, to convert your starter set primary hell blasters into uh, the ones with the the heavy plasma incinerator. Um, I reckon so. And actually, it's re- it's good to be honest. It's quite a good little tool for chaos players or tyrannids because um, there's a, a AOS player um, called Terry Pike. He's he's at Terry Pike H four on Twitter. Uh, and he's he's doing uh, a lot of painting uh, tutorial videos actually. So check check out his uh, YouTube channel where it's Pike's Miniature Painting. He's doing both AOS and 40k stuff on there. Um, but the reason I mention that is because he's used it quite successfully on his Chaos um, uh, army bases, and he has like these tentacles coming out of the base. So if you're a Slanesh player and you want to add loads of tentacles, or Iron Warriors and you want to add loads of kind of um, you know, like cabling coming out of things, or Tyranids tentacles, anything like that. Oh, Admec cables again. You know, it's such a cool tool. Yeah, and I think I think you know with the variations in the the kind of ribbing you can get, and the you know by cross threading it and doing all sorts of different things. There's loads of creative ways of um, making them less mechanical and more sickly, or you know, and how you cut them and trim them. There's there's loads of ways around it. So yeah, just a a go to tool for adding that bit of detail or conversions. I've just done some. Um, Sky Acolytes and I've used the Blood Bowl team so I needed to give them some masks and some hoses going to their backpacks so again that was just easy peasy go to get it done sweet there we go so um, we've kind of gushed enough about I think the starter set well maybe let's talk about Nurgle because there's Death Guard in there as well it's not just about Primaris sadly sadly it's not just about Primaris obviously I'm not <laughs> as much love do they well I think but because it was because the Primaris Marines were new, I know Death Guard getting their own book, and there were some new models in there, and the new, you know, they they look awesome as well. But they were sort of it was you know Death Guard's an existing concept, so it was just more models of the same ish. And I know we had Proxwalkers, but I guess Plague Cultists existed before, you know that kind of thing. Whereas Primaris Marines were an entirely new concept, and they kind of heralded. They were kind of they are the poster boys of. Of eighth edition, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think I think they, they were the big surprise, and, and I think 
you know, the models are stunning. The background fits nicely with the whole rift and we need some new guys to, <laughs> to manage all this and where we're going to find it while we've been creating these. So I, I think for me that they made perfect sense. I think, I think to be fair to Death Cut though, I mean, they've had some continued very cool releases. Um, especially the new push fit, um, harvesters and those, all those kind of things that are just, you know, again, just, getting really iconic looking things on the table for them. So um, I'm still tempted, but stay on target, Steve. Stay on target, mm-hmm. Steve. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've whipped on about Space Marines quite a lot there as well, but that was the first book that arrived, and that was the first book we reviewed, wasn't it? Um, my favourite part of the Space Marines Codex wasn't just the you know plethora of new miniatures that we got, which we did. We got the Redemptor, we got a bunch of Primaris characters, we got the uh, the Repulsor, which is an amazing tank. Um, but it was the the variety of different chapter tactics, chapter specific artifacts, chapter specific uh, stratagems that really add a little level of flavour in there. That was my favourite part of the book. What about yours, Steve? Yeah, I, I think. For me, the new book dropped, and obviously we had all the indexes. And for me, that was kind of, oh, my God. Basically, everything's ready to go. But in some ways, what was the the bane of <laughs> the seventh was that there was so many overlapping complex rules, all these different ways of adding flavor and stuff like that, that you ended up – it became unwieldy. It wasn't unplayable, but it was unwieldy. I think when I we know, the, there are there are some some that would argue that it was unplayable. You know, we saw you saw a lot of players, myself included, that just stopped playing seventh because it was so unwieldy. Yeah, I, I've said before in the cast, I I I'd fallen down to doing just skill teams and smaller games because the big big ones. So I think for me, when we saw the the indexes drop, and most like, okay, this is a lot smoother. This is a lot cleaner, and it was just a little bit of nervousness that okay, uh, h- how are these going to play differently if you see what i mean because it was you know how can all of that law world flavor come down to fit all all you know four or five armies in this one paperback book but i think what the space marines book just reassured everybody very quickly is no 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 there's lots of layers here and you can choose which layers you want and how they play and how the stratagems work and the warlord traits. And, and then that's how you then start to, to build that flavor back up, but in a consistent way that, you know, everyone uses command points, everyone uses stratagems, you know? It, so I, I think for me, it was that kind of reassurance in that book that, you know, the, the depth and the flavor is there. You know, I'm not saying just in the narrative. I'm saying actually in the rules, you know, use this command point to do this tactical thing on the table. But they were very much you know, linked back to to the armies that you were getting. So it, it kind of gives you the reassurance. So well, if I've seen this happen for the Marines, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen for you know my favorite army? So, yeah, I think that was really good. What about yourself, Ben? Yeah, it's a bit weird for me because... Obviously, I'm not. I don't do 40k really until um, more recent times. So, the, getting hold of the Space Marine book, it was like digging into. Because um, for, for me now, Marines are Primaris, or all the old stuff is old stuff. So the Space Marine book that was like almost bringing out the uh, Age of Sigmar Battle Tome full of the Compendium stuff. So that was quite interesting, really, because we had a few moments where it was just the Primaris for me. I was looking through them. 
Um, and then once I started digging through the Space Marine stuff, there was just tons of things in there that I, I didn't even know what it was. And, you know, I mean, a lot of players out there would be, you know, you talk about a unit name or a character name and they know what it is instantly and they know what it should be doing. Whereas for me, it was like a whole massive pile of new things to um, to learn about and look at the background for. It was really cool. Yeah, I guess um, if your if your introduction to 40k is the eighth edition box set, Dark Imperium, you understand what Hellblasters are, what Intercessors are, Inceptors, etc. But then when someone talks about Vanguard veterans, Stone Guard veterans, Honor Guard veterans, you know things like that, you're just like, what, what are all these things and why are they different? Ah, uh, what you know, I can see why that that might be quite um, you know confusing potentially, maybe even intimidating. Um, as someone that's just, I've just personally started looking at getting into the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. And as someone, I've never, <laughs> never touched that before. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I've always been, I've always played 40k, uh, to some extent. And I've always dabbled a little bit in what used to be fantasy battles and is now as Age of Sigma. And now I'm obviously massively into both. Um, but I've never touched any of the Lord of the Rings games, any of the Hobbit stuff. So coming into it, it's been it's been quite a journey of discovery as in i've kind of got there and there's there's these two different games there's hobbit strategy battle game and there's lord of the rings strategy battle game and they have different books and okay what if i want to collect this army i need this book and that book and and it is a little bit confusing and i guess the same could probably be said for maybe 8th edition 40k uh space marines specifically is that you come to it and you're like right okay primary space marines they're obviously the you know they're the 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 sort of the guys in the box set, blah, blah, blah. And then you open up the book and there's these all, as you say, all this old stuff that you're like, oh, right. Well, well what are these dudes? Why aren't they in the book? And I think the, the law discusses those differences at length. So I think, I guess, once you've opened up the books and looked at it, you can kind of say, oh, right. Okay. They're the guys that existed before, um, you know, the, the great rift opened and before everything happened. Um, but it's it's quite possible that new players are looking at them and being a bit overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit surprised there wasn't a Primaris, um, you know, codex on its own. Yeah. Okay. I think. To be honest, I I like I like that it isn't because some chapters will be made up entirely of Primaris Marines. Um, some ch- new chapters, whole new chapters were created. Some chapters are going to rely heavily on Primaris Marines because you, know, you just look at the Blood Angels, you know, with their last stand against the Tyranids. You know, the whole chapter was, you know, decimated. And I don't mean that in the traditional sense. There wasn't just one in ten that were killed. It was they were absolutely destroyed. Um, so I can see uh, Blood Angels armies having an excuse to be very, very heavily um, and successors, you know, being very, very heavily. Primaris, whereas something like the Dark Angels, like you know, because they are a bit a, a suspicious bunch, I can I can absolutely see a reason for you maybe not fielding any on the table and just and that that being your narrative, you know, saying like oh these guys don't trust the uh, the Primaris Marines and maybe they're not they're not uh, inducting them into the inner circle, etc. etc. So, yeah, yeah and I think not, that's cool. Not done Primaris Chaos Marines neither. Yeah, no, but if Fabio, if, mm. uh, if our friend Fabius Bar has anything <laughs> to say about that, then. Uh, I don't know. Watch this space. I was more talking about the Dark Angels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, I think some listeners get very passionate about that, actually. So I'm not sure. Uh, I've been guilty of making a few Dark Angels heretic jokes myself. Um, I've since since the book, release of the book, I actually stopped because, you know, that person that always like, 
uh, has a go at a thing and then like a few months later gets into the thing, I feel like I'm becoming that person. I'm like, yeah, Dark Angels, the heretics, lol, lol. It's like Dark Angels, the meme, the heretics. And then I opened the book and I was like, ah, these are pretty cute. Maybe maybe just a small Dark Angels force. Not like you. I know. <laughs> I can't believe you just said actually that you're doing um, Hobbit. And then I thought, actually, yeah, that's, that's right. Because people on the internet are talking about the Hobbit. So, you know, Dan will buy it. <laughs> well, it was Warhammer TV that, like, well, it was a mix of watching Lord of the Rings very recently and being like, do you know what? This is so cool. And then Warhammer TV did a, um, over December, um, Kerry, the new presenter, did an interview with Adam Troke and they were talking about, you know, Lord of the Rings and the direction it's heading. And then I started looking up, started watching a bit of YouTube, listened to a podcast, looking at the models. We watched a little bit more of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, and yeah. But this isn't a Lord of the Rings podcast, so we won't be talking about that. Um, <laughs> there we go. So, was there anything about the Space Rings book, Steve, that you weren't a fan of or that you thought could have been done differently? Um, I, th- I think, you know, we've obviously got... Um, we've obviously got some of the the, the, the chapters. They were never, it was never going to be the universal book of... Um, Space Marines, because we've, you know, we, we've got Blood Angels that are going to have, um, we're going to have their own book. So for me, you always kind of think like, oh, you know, I just wish, you know, it's, it's always that wish thing, isn't it? I wish Salamanders had their own book, you know, their own. So, you know, you're never going to win at that, you know, otherwise we would have however many chapters and successor chapters there are now, you'd have to be a book for each. So, um, but no, I, I think for me, I think for me personally, I've um, I always get distracted by something else. I mean, uh, I've never had a Space Marine army except for first edition epic. Actually, I had I had Space Marines, um, but but for forty k, they just never quite grabbed me because there's always something um, a little bit different, a little bit prettier, a little bit uglier, whatever it's going to be. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I was it was a very positive book in what it offered and showed us what the rest of the you know, the rest of the books were going to be about. Um, but I, th- I think I think in a way, I think it was important that Primaris lived in the same book as Space Marines because they are not a separate faction; they are part of the Space Marines. There, and there is great story and background why why they belong there. So I think I can understand, you know, Ben's. Um, position where he kind of looked at it and went, well, these are a thing, aren't they? So this thing has a book, you know. Um, but I, I think it was, you know, there was some nervousness that it was going to be right, throw your old Space Marines away because these are the new ones and that's not how it works. So, um, yeah, I think a good balanced book. Yeah, fair enough. I think the, um, uh, the thing that I would have liked to have seen isn't actually in the Space Marines Codex itself. It's in the Forge World, um, Imperial Armor Astartes book. I would have quite liked to have seen maybe more um, investment in chapter rules from Forge World. Uh, back in previous editions, you used to have um, chapter tactics specifically for a lot of the Badab, uh, the Badab War uh, Legions, and sorry, the Badab War chapters. So, I think the kind of the party line is if you. If you are using Sons of Medusa, then you use Iron Hands. But I would have quite liked to have seen like maybe a, a slight tweak to it because 
raptors used to have their own special rule because before you would also use the you know whichever successor whichever uh, chapter you were a successor to you would use those rules um but for example like raptors had their own ones and they they had some quite cool rules um i'm glad they've kept all the special characters i suspect that when the rumored uh imperial armor uh comes out which is i believe red scorpions and uh admech versus tau when that drops i think it's called fires of syraxis when that arrives i suspect we might see maybe chapter tactics for red scorpions that would be quite cool cool yeah, yeah i mean the red scorpions stratagems red scorpions uh, relics you know, obviously we've got the new the new uh calm dread dreadnought in a leviathan chassis yeah i mean the the imperial armor books are just fab i mean i just i'd love to have them all just to sit and flick through so i, I think i think when we start getting those um you know and we well, you know again just sneaking ahead here but what we've seen now with um custodies having forge world models included in them i, th- I think you know blowing those edges because they all exist together. Oh and yeah, I, th- I, think- all, I mean, at the open day at the beginning of 2017, they they talked about including the Mechanicum rules for the Admech in 40k. You know, using 30k mechs, uh, ad, uh, 30k Mechanicum stuff in your 40k Adeptus Mechanicus armies. Yeah, which is just and that's backed yeah. up back, backed up by the Custodes discussion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and I think for me that's that's a terrible terrible. Uh, impact on my hobby budget um, in the, yeah. it just, it's just because my I, wallet I is ready take me now yeah yeah exactly exactly I, and i just think i think i think for me that it's, it's it just gives you more choices about how you want to play it how you want to build it and with so many models to be able to have rules that overlap and allow you to play them all um it, it is great it's great and i so and yeah that's where i want to have you know all robots or or uh you know orc choppers flying in and all that stuff so i think i think i think yeah more options is great definitely so before we bounce on to some of the other books i think maybe we we flick over to blood angels or dark angels whilst we're on the subject of uh, of astartes um obviously these two armies used to be in a, a join codex didn't they the angels of death codex back in i want to say second edition um and they received their uh, codex books in quite quick succession um at the back end of 2017 um what did you guys think to to that ben was there a specific one with dark angels or blood angels that you that you preferred so um i've not had a chance to have a massive look through the dark angels one however i've been reading the blood angels one quite heavily this week because it was the age of sigma masters of the weekend and um one of the players gary um i think he does podcast himself doesn't he is it allies of convenience or something like that um anyway he, he's a he's a regular on the 40k scene he played etc for a long time 40k so he had the blood angels book at the event so i got chatting to him just not a lot just a bit about it sort of like mm, got interested and uh so i've been reading that this week and i've had a bit a couple of messages back and forth with him and he's giving me some pointers so the first thing i really thought was like Oh my God, <laughs> this do some amazing stuff. Just like, I mean, again, I don't know old 40k, so it might have been the sort of thing the Blood Angels did anyway, but um, just the amount of attacks they can put out in combat 
is um, just ridiculous when you compare it to the uh, the Ultramarines list I've been looking at. Um, so I don't know each each um, chapter of Space Marines w- works in a slightly different way, and Blood Angels seem to excel in combat. But yeah, wow, pre- some pretty nice combos in that book. What about yourself, Steve? Was there a, a preference either way? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've not dug deep in these, I'll be honest. Um, I'm distracted with the, the shiny, but uh, I, I think for me, um, Dark Angels is where I would um, I would dive. I, th- I think for me, I, I just that whole background is very cool. Um, and I think that even goes back to my days of... <laughs> Uh, early space hulk and <laughs> so so for me i, I think it, it's, it sometimes it's it's those sort of connections isn't it that you just you just have an affinity for some models and some the, some story so but again I, i've not dug deep in these and looked at how they would how would they play on the table so uh, it, it would just be me picking picking my favorite Fair enough. I think um, I'm going to have to side with Ben on this because uh, Blood Angels, you know, despite saying I'd quite like to have a small Dark Angels force, you know, Blood Angels are my favourite of the first founding legions. Um, and I'm looking forward to once my Sons of Medusa are done, uh, potentially resurrecting my old Blood Angels army. Um, I've been tempted to do an almost all Death Company army. Um, and I love the fact that there's a stratagem in there that means you can turn your captain into a Death Company captain which is really cool. Um, I think there's a specifically brutal combination with a Death Company captain with a jump back, a Thunderhammer and a Storm Shield uh, jumping in with a large unit of Death Company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the list I'm looking at is, yeah, the Captain Thunderhammer pack Inferno pistol, is that? Yeah, yeah, Inferno pistol. Um, 15 Death Company with three hammers, two fists, five power swords. So nice mix of different weapons for different circumstances there. Um, so these guys um, deep strike as well, don't they? Is that right? You set them up in orbit and they jump back in. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. You don't, you, that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't even need to use a stratagem for that because they've just no, got a jump pack. Then, it's just um, their deployment. Some other stuff. So you've got, is it Lemartis? Yeah, Lemartis. Guardian um, of the Lost. And, yeah, so he gives um, a whole bunch of buffs. Is that reroll ones to hit on him? And then you get him plus one attack if you charge with Blood Angels, Blood Rage. Yeah, and um, you can re-roll your charges with Lamartis as well for any yeah, that, death, that's death one, company. That's he does, re-rolls charges. Um, and then there's a bunch of stratagems in there as well, which are really nice to further buff, further buff that. Um, yeah, it's just nice. Sanguinia Guard as well. Ten Guard, all with power fists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, two attacks each, I think it is, or three attacks each on the charge. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty brutal. That's fairly impressive. Yeah, so this is a list that Gary sent over to me when he was chatting about it. You, have to, right? you have to send that to me, because Mick, do you reckon, maybe we should do Blood Angels next as the Codex review, because I'm yeah, quite excited. So. I've got some pretty cool uh, ideas of Blood Angels. Yeah, Gary says he's sticking this together, and once it's stuck, we can have a game. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting, really, because a lot of that is old stuff. I mean, in this list, we've got, he's got some aggressors and some inceptors. He's got a repulsor as well um but the bulk of it is just all um odd tech basically yeah fair enough i think um the uh, warhammer community even had a, a dreadnought uh article today where they discussing the uh you know, death company dreadnought the furiosa dreadnought and the librarian dreadnought which are all you know really cool blood angels units um 
I quite like the idea of dropping a Death Company Dreadnought via a Dreadnought drop pod into your enemy's lines to support that large unit of Death Company supported by Lamartes and that Uber Captain. I just, you know, I think that's how I'm going to do it. So all, all the Death Company all the time. What makes Captain so good? Is it uh, Invulnerable Save, is it, or something? No, no. So you, it's. I think he's probably got artif- artificer armor for a two up save. Um, but his storm shield obviously gives him a, a three up. Will um, I'll run you through the combo. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll run you through the combo on the episode because it's uh, it's yeah, pretty pretty impressive. It's um, but basically you give uh, you can give him the relic. Uh, sorry, the warlord trait that adds one to your um to your combat weapon. So you don't need to give him the thunderhammer relic or whatever it is. You just give him the warlord trait, which gives him more damage. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah, there's a there's a cool little combo. We'll uh, we'll discuss it on the. He um, comes out of the sky <laughs> like a wrecking ball. He does. He's like Mi- the Miley Miley Cyrus Miley Miley Death Cyrus Company. Of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a mental image which is seared into our minds now. I'm doing that list. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and don't, then, don't don't do the cosplay though, please, Ben. Don't, please. Nobody needs that. I think Ben. There's probably a there's probably a picture on Twitter of you in that kind of cosplay already somewhere, isn't there, Ben? Google uh, Ben Coy Combat Gauge, (laughs) or don't. Yeah, just uh, as a recommendation to our listeners, don't Google that. What what has been seen cannot be unseen. Exactly. Um, And then we had uh, also uh, before the uh, the Angels of Death, we had uh, we had some slightly fancy. Astartes, didn't we, in the form of the Grey Knights? Yeah. We got, Stephen, we all got quite excited about the Grey Knights, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, they were, um, I, I started a, a small addition to my Imperial army, but I, I think for me, this is where I see the real flavour come to life in the rules. I mean, the models look great. Um, I, I personally looking forward to doing mine a little bit more um looks like they don't look like it just stepped out of a salon so they're not quite so shiny but that's a personal thing um but yeah uh, some great options uh you know they're still elite they're still tough as um but yeah again it was good talking it through with you dan because you know i'd go shiny cool idea and you go yeah but if you do this this and this they actually suddenly become you know another level of gameplay up so um yeah very good very good very I think tempting. if you want to if you want your space marines as uh those that have just stepped out of the beauty parlor then blood angels is the way to go because you know they're all s- such good looking chaps aren't they sparkly. say again sparkly vampires sparkly va- no no how dare you <laughs> right we'll have no twilight blood angels jokes <laughs> <laughs> that triggers me hard <laughs> I have got a really good iridescent glaze you could pop on right, the top. I'll, so. I'll, I'll iridescent glaze you if you're not careful. <laughs> my uh, the cool, my one of my favourite parts of the Grey Knights army is that um, I thought you were going to say the Twilight movies then. <laughs> <laughs> that's I think that's maybe for another podcast. Favourite parts of the Twilight movie. <laughs> Back to Grey Knights. Sorry, Dan. Um, is it uh, like this when I'm not here? It's 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 almost it's it's much worse. I've just got to put up with Steve on his own. 
Um, the the exorcists. Back to back to grow notes, please. Back to grow notes. Um, the exorcists are um, are a chapter of Space Marines created during the thirteenth founding, uh, which is known as I'm sure you're aware as the Dark Founding. Ooh, um, and uh, that's really cool because. There's a load of really awesome Grey Knights kits. We discussed that. The models are still awesome. Um, I think they've stood the test of time very well. Um, yeah. But I think that would be a really cool way to add some fancy Primaris reinforcements in like a little allied detachment of um, of Exorcists because they work, um, you know, they work very closely with, with the Grey Knights, you know. Um, and they are, you know, there are rumours that they maybe are successors of the the Grey Knights because their successors uh, status is classified by order of the Inquisition. Okay. Okay. Which is quite cool. Also, they've got quite a sweet colour scheme. It's kind of red, white and black. You know, oh, it's red with black trim with kind of white details like chapter badges and stuff. So it also adds another element of of colour to your army. So if you wanted to have um, a bit of variety in painting, it's not just silver, then uh, get yourself some uh, red exorcists. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing that's dropped as well, which I'm kind of interested because in, I'm sort of catching up on my reading and my background with my sisters at the moment with the Black Library stuff. But mm. um, we, we, there has been a new Black Library book for Castle and Crow. Oh, yes, there has, hasn't there? So I'm quite tempted by that because I have got that that model for my my imperial army so i think i think yeah i think that's uh that's an that's an interesting one to pick up maybe out of timeline but while we're talking about black library uh black library on audible yes yeah that's a massive audible is very much a thing i i do quite a lot of driving so it's uh, an absolute godsend so i'm gonna listen to 100 books this year okay my new year's resolution Goals, not resolutions. Um, what what should I check out? What, what on Audible? So, if up? you say Black Library Books and Forty K, the the response is Eisenhorn. Uh, you know, is it, it on Audible? It is, is on Eisenhorn? Audible. It is on Audible. All three of them doing it. I'm do doing it. it. Do it. Do it now. Um, <laughs> done. Uh, also, Gaunt's Ghosts is it is quite a quite a large trilogy uh, trilogy quite a large series I, I can't remember how many books there are in there um but yeah i think start with eisenhorn yep. i'd be to also attempt to dip your toe into some of the heresy books as well because yeah are they on audible already uh i think they might be i hit a wall with them i had a bad narrator and then i, I didn't go back i can't remember which one it was possibly burns maybe Oh, but that's that. one of the best ones. I know. And I, <laughs> I, I battled through it and I listened to it. I really enjoyed it, but the narrator was... I really struggled. I'm just Googling now whether Emperor, Emperor of Man... <gasps> yes. The Master of Mankind by Aaron Dembski-Bowden is on Audible. Right, I'm downloading that that's immediately. That's a heresy one, yeah. That's a heresy one, <laughs> but it's got custodians so, in it. Heresy, secret tech, if you fancy splashing out. Um, you can pay for two books a month for the year up front and save nearly 50%. Very fancy. So instead of paying seven ninety nine a month, it comes down to, works out at, I don't know, 450 a credit 
Um, but you do have to pay in a lump up front, which oh, is that's what cool. I've paid for the year. Got twenty four credits. Is that is that on that. is that on Audible the homepage right now? Just just go to your members section. Yeah. Um and change your account settings to uh choose a different membership plan. And okay. you choose that one. You get billed for it straight away, but you, you know, you pay for the year up front, but you get twenty four credits um for like I say, it works out about um five quid a credit, four fifty a credit instead of seven ninety nine. So that's what I've done. Um I don't know what happens when you run out. <laughs> if you get halfway through the year and you've listened to them all. But you can always sign in with another credit card and do the same again. Yeah, that's pretty cool. See, Ashes of the Imperium, not just a Voyager <laughs> podcast, also doing Audible life hacks. Yep. <laughs> I might be an Audible pro user at this stage. <laughs> I've put some hours into Audible, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, some money. I've unlocked some of the achievements, but some of them are really, really, really dire. Like, you have to listen to... I can't remember. Like... Yeah, I looked at I looked at the achievements. I was like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I unlocked all the audible achievements?" And I looked at the uh, how how you do it to some of them. I was just like, "Nah, I'm not going to bother doing that." Yeah, we'll have to uh, when we get really nerdy. We'll have to compare audible achievements at some point. <laughs> yeah, you uh, tell you what, Ben, you you do that. I'll uh, I'll be sticking with my cool Warhammer hobby. You can talk about your audible. <laughs> so you're such a you're such a nerd, Ben. <laughs> anyway, mm, we're uh, sorry. We're uh, we're getting off track. Um, Grey Knights. I think that was a cool book. Uh, we spoke quite at length about it uh, during the the episode. Um, cool models, cool background. Uh, yeah, overall very impressive. Um, again, would have. Uh, this is a reoccurring uh, criticism slash observation. I uh, would have quite liked to have seen some, say maybe some new models. I know we had uh, Grandmaster Voldus come out during the um, in the triumvirate, but. Uh, you know, it would have been quite cool to see something for for Grey Knights, Blood Angels, Dark Angels. Uh, we had the we had the Primaris upgrade kits and the the Lieutenant model for each of them, uh, and obviously Voldus for Grey Knights, but um, but nothing else, which was a shame. I think maybe maybe a missed opportunity to so, see. Uh, I didn't know about the upgrade kits until I saw them in the store, and I thought it was quite cool. Yeah, I think they're they're really cool. And actually, do you know what? Um, when I bought some Primaris Intercessors recently, uh, or when I was going to buy some Primaris Intercessors recently, I almost bought the Dark Angels one just because it was like a couple of quid che- uh, more expensive. Uh, but it came with like a different, like a couple of different styles of head. Um, yeah, they've got um, uh, lots of Dark Angel bits in them, but like it's got a quite cool sword in there, which I reckon you could convert to not look Dark Angelly. Uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of cool little bits in there that aren't chapter specific or require some minor conversion work to make not chapter specific uh the new lieutenants are cool the dark angel one is probably my favorite of the two um but yeah i mean could you imagine you know i would quite like to see maybe a a primaris uh, you know jump pack variant you know maybe a not inceptors but something 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 lighter maybe for problem is they've got well, how many codexes are still not released? And then they're going to be releasing small little, you know, variants that a small amount of people might be interested in. Whereas 
think they need to be just churning through, don't they? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, we'll take we'll twenty. It'll take twenty eighteen to get through the rest of the ones that we've got remaining and introduce some new ones. Um, and then maybe 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 soon, maybe twenty nineteen, we'll see some some. Uh, you know, space marines are always very well supported, regardless of what color you paint them. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Every so, now and then, we're a new I, th- I think the other thing as well is as the story is evolving and as we understand more about what's going on with the rift, we will have opportunities for new characters to kind of come to the come to the front or to from new units to you know to to be evolved. So I, th- I think for me that allows for some top ups and some additions, like we kind of saw with the triumvirate. So I, th- I think I'm, I'm hopeful that they, those can appear and not you know, complicate or invalidate the, the, the codexes we're getting. So I, I think there's opportunities to add a you know, narrative flavor around that. So um, they've done it before, so there's no reason why it couldn't happen again. That's true. That, that's a valid point. So segueing seamlessly into other Imperium factions from there, uh, we had the Astra Militarum and the Adeptus Mechanicus, didn't we? Yes. I like the Mechanicus. You do like the yeah. Mechanicus, don't you? <laughs> so, at Blood and Glory, I watched this guy shoot his robots or something. Um, and I just went... Let me guess, were these Castellan robots? <laughs> are we, or are you know. doing conceptually? He just, just picked up all these dice, and I, I just said, why? And he goes, it's just the rules. <laughs> It was amazing, amazing. There's a there's a lot of DACA. There's a lot of potential DACA in yeah. there, isn't there? What's your uh, what's your favourite Admec model, Ben? Have you? I know we talked about it quite length, you know, quite lengthily uh, um, on the episode, but have you got a favourite Admec model, Admec unit? I I still I still like the robots. They're very cool. The, I like ben, the um, Ben. They're they're kind of all robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Castle robots. Yeah, yeah. I do like the... I should probably correct myself here that they're not robots, are they? Obviously, because that's the, you know, the cybernetica. There's very few robots, and I'm sure some some uh, some law, some law, uh, law fanatic will be writing in saying, oh, technically, I think you'll find they're not robots, Dan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I also like the... Um, is it the Rangers? The long yeah, rifle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool, yeah. Um, Mark Wildman's just been doing an army. It's nice, quite nice seeing that come together. Oh yeah, here's a here's a really cool uh, army. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it's a nice army. Nice, uh, it's a nice book. It came at a right a, a nice time as well. Like obviously, it's not a. I don't know. It's weird because from someone who's in 40k a lot, you might have a different opinion to me. But to me, I think the major major what's a major faction. In 40k and what isn't, I think Mechanicum slots in there nicely and was released in a nice, nice time in the timeline. And yeah, it's just it was a good release that one. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's it's more of a niche faction than you know, Space Marines, Chaos Space Marines, Eldar. You know, the sort of the, the big one, a lot of the big ones. I'd probably say yeah, it's, it's it a less popular it's, faction, it's but, it, nice but, it, in, but it fitted in quite well, didn't it? Because that, like, yeah, exactly. Because we, we had quite a a large Imperium uh, Codex inject, didn't we? So it was nice to have yeah. that. Um, Mark Wildman, who we talked about there, is at Mark the Beastman on Twitter. If you want to check uh, check his Twitter out for some pictures of his Mechanicum army. Sorry, Ad- Admech army. He doesn't post photos very often. He's a bit rubbish with that. He might have to troll through some, some of his old Twitter images, but 
um, there's some on there. Steve, are you uh, are you incorporating some admech into your into your Imperium soup as as discussed? Yeah, um, I'm I'm not sure. I think I'm going to end up with just too many books to be playing with. But I think for me, um, I quite fancy doing some smaller armies, some kill team. And that's one of the things um, I'm hoping for is um, the ability to play some smaller games. And I think for me, the, the Rust Orcas and the Infiltrators got huge potential there to be um, actually have them coming out of wreckage, you know, make them exactly what they say. They're Infiltrators. They're appearing from from battlefield damaged vehicles and all that kind of stuff. So I think for me, they are they're some of my favorite models and also how they play in the game i think they look great they play well as well yeah we talked about some pretty sweet combos didn't we on the uh on the episode yeah (laughs) um i think i think for me the one you know looking back at it um the one thing i'd like to have seen is obviously and and it, it will come i'm sure but the you know the ability to get the 30k yeah oh yeah that's that's coming that's been been confirmed quite openly that it's gonna come because some of those are oh, just... I'm so, so I have a, a, a full 30k mechanical army, which right. is ready to go. I'm just, like, unbelievably excited. So, um, so correct me if I'm wrong then. You've never been... Your 30k stuff that you buy from Forge World, mm-hmm. you've never been... There's never been, like, proper 40k rules. Anyone who plays it 40k is, like, homebrewing it or proxying it right so, so some of them do so for okay. example the tartarus terminators and the Cath- uh, cataphracty terminators have been incorporated into 40k when they released the uh, betrayal at calf and the uh, burning of prospero box sets they then released uh, rules for those in 40k uh, the contempt dreadnought um has been is a kind yeah, of that's in the space m- yeah that's and uh yeah um there's been there's been lots of different ways of using stuff that's in heresy or stuff that was originally from the 30k kind of rule set in 40k and quite often when they release new models they would release a 40k pdf alongside the 30k pdf you know looking at things like uh spartans um uh, the land raider proteus and th- all those things are now in the uh forge world imperial armor book um but all the mechanicum stuff isn't Ah, okay, I see. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems a, a lot of stuff to leave on the table, doesn't it? Someone just plays 40k, you've got all these models that look lovely, um, but you've got no access to, but no, I see. Yeah, so I'm I'm very, very excited. Because if you like robots, you get some proper robots. Oh, you get some together. real, you get some absolute, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all the big stompy robots, and also I've got um, uh, I've got four chaos uh, renegade knights as well that I converted. So the plan was to paint. Well, I haven't actually painted my Mechanicum force. Surprise, surprise. Um, I was gonna do it a bit dark Mechanicum-y. So I've got yeah. four big stompy knights. I'm gonna have some slightly smaller but still big stompy robots. It's gonna be a stomp fest. <laughs> Stomp Fest 3000. I think the other thing is um, there's a, an audible I've been listening to. I'm just finding it now. Um, that's quite interesting in that um, Hunt for Vulcan. Um, okay. Is the fact that 
uh, unlike you know lo- loyal space marines or you know your regular space marines will not fight each other i'm not obviously if, if you're just playing a game with your mate and it happens to have them and you can play all day but actually the fact that the tension and the the the, the structure between Abmec and the rest of the imperium and that they kind of have their own agenda their own kind of definition of the god so that you know there are times you know even without being dark you know without being um you know, dark Mac, they, they would still fight each other because they are running, you know, different agendas and different, different things. And I think for me, that makes an interesting tension. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a swift exterminator heading your way and excommunication from the Imperium from an inquisitorial uh, decree, isn't it? But, um, you know, the, those Mac, they've always been up to no good. They've always been crafty little bounders. You can't trust them. Yeah, I mean, even if you know that there's there's um, stories of them dropping all sorts of people in the in the poop because you know they've sent somebody to go and do this this job while they're busy collecting some you know, some secret te- some secret su- STCs or uh, Xenos yeah, exactly. Tech, yeah. So so for an evening's gaming, you know, actually having you know two sets of objectives and two sets of victory conditions for one of the sides would be great funny and be like, oh, I'm not sure what you're doing there, but I can, uh, who do I, who do I stop? You know, what is, what is your true victory condition? Is it, you know, collecting that objective because it's, it's, it's what the admec one, or is it actually still stopping the space Marine allies that, are, that are, appear to be smashing in the, you know, the bastion wall. So I, I think for me, there's that's that's, that's a, a great tool to play. Oh yeah, definitely. Plenty of uh, plenty of narrative there to be exploited and uh, play the games however you like. Yeah. What about Astra Militarum? Ben, is that something that's ever tickled your fancy? Loads of tanks? No. Mm, no. So, that's always been the bit I didn't like about 40k. Weirdly, even though it's like tank game, when you see the tables, it's just like 50 tanks on the board. It's just, I don't know. Um, oddly enough, when I played Flames of War... I just used to like just the tanks, didn't like the infantry. But now 40k, I think you, a mix is better. So when you see those massed tank battles, it's just not a thing for me. What about yourself, Steve? Yeah, I'm with Ben. I so I think I think for me, when it comes to tank warfare, and we're talking, you know, 41st millennium tank warfare, for me sometimes. As much as I love tanks, you know, I'm a big fan, tank museum, all that stuff. I, lo- I love all it all. Um, but there's kind of whole thing where you've got two pieces of armor that are 12 inches away and it's still 50% chance of hitting them. It, it, it kind of breaks the, the, the thing for me. Yeah, like there's ben a slight, said, slight I, suspension of disbelief there in that you've got a, you know, <laughs> it's, it is the 41st millennium. You are so far in the future. And you've got twenty tanks on one side, but you're still, you know, bouncing off a bunch of gene stealers or something. And I think you know, modern day tanks can get, you know, consistent hits at three thousand, four thousand meters, even more. And yet, you know, this tank is literally a couple of hundred meters away on the table. I, th- I think it's okay if there's a mix. And I think Ben's right. You know, if you've got a, a, a mechanized army of you know guys in transports, it, it looks much better. And but I think 
unfortunately is very tempting and when people have literally vehicles you know sponsor to sponsor and you you know you can't fit a distance gauge between them yeah you can't it, you can't swing a gyrinx <laughs> it just it just it, it that for me just ends up being they're like tokens on a a, a board game and they stop being you know a narrative on the table so um but, but yeah and again I, th- I think it's true with any army you know you min max stuff it starts to look a bit for me it doesn't doesn't isn't what i want to do so all tanks or in the same way you know um all infantry this just becomes spam and you lose any character you can pull out of it but that's how i like to play if other people want to to do that that's fine i'm so, gonna i'm gonna jump into the uh the uh, astro militarum's uh, or the guards uh, defense here in that i'm a big fan of tanks I'm not so much a fan of massed infantry, but I do quite like, uh, you know, I love the idea of a tank company. That's really cool. I also, I did also start a Krieg force as well, Deathcore Krieg, purely based off the models. You know, I didn't really look at the rules. I just went, these are awesome because the models are stunning. And there's something really quite cool about that kind of, you know, World War One trench attrition warfare vibe. They've got some really cool big artillery uh, pieces that you can kind of set up um yeah so i'm, I'm quite a fan um not so much of a fan of your bog standard cadians um i quite like deathcore i i've still got i've still got a bit of a thing for a katachan army especially now they've got a new marbo model out <laughs> i'd love to do a full katachan army that would be super cool um yeah but it's just too many armies too little time i guess and the models are, you know, the old Catachan models are still quite old, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the challenge that, you know, when we're saying the ability to have these amazing plastic kits that go together so cleverly with so many um, easy options and fixes, I, I think it then becomes... Uh, and then some of it can be quite an investment, you know, especially if you're going to do some of the real destroyans and all those sort of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the same, I suppose it's similar for Catachans. If you wanted to go for some of the metal ones for a bit of variety, you know, you're probably spending a fair old pop on eBay to get some some fancy metal models. Um, one of the things that kind of got me thinking was I keep having hankerings for, for old armies, you know, like, oh, I could do Catachans, that'd be really cool, or this or that. And I just think, well... Why, when the kits that are coming out now are so good, would you put yourself in a position where, you know, rather than getting a, uh, get, getting, uh, start collecting, uh, Astra Militarum, um, uh, what's the elite, the science, the, uh, um, science, yeah. Yeah. Rather than getting one of those and getting, you know, the Tau Rocks. A, a squad for a really good deal. You're going to have to then hunt for like a second-hand catachans or strip them of pain, blah, blah, blah. Just go for the new plastics. They're so cool. There's so much variety. There's so much detail. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I'm saying that, I've still got a bit of a, you know, a bit of nostalgia for the catachans. They are very cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose, you know, even myself, I'm undecided. So, you know, there's, there's definitely arguments either way, aren't there? I mean, I, I think for me, again, I'd, I'd go back to Kill Team, but it's just some way I like to play and that you can put a reasonable amount of time of effort into a small force 
I mean, I'd, I'd love to do Talan Desert Raiders. Oh, Transport. yeah, they're also super cool. And they've got some cool Forge World stuff. I'm not sure some of it's out of production now, though. Yeah. The big, oh, yeah. yeah. There, see, there are some really cool Astro Militarum armies out there. So I think I think the, the fact that, okay, you know, 10 models cost 25 quid, but that's what you need. You know, you can probably get a couple of the, the outprint ones on eBay that might cost you a tenner or something. But the challenge there is that if you suddenly wanted to do a whole load and these oh, are all right. metals. You mean, you mean for like an allied force? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I suppose so, that's the advantage so, of your big Imperial soup, isn't it? They are good. And I think I think there is there's loads of character and there's loads of fun to be had in them without having to min max and play all those games. So Yeah, fair enough. Now we've covered we've covered the Imperium. I suppose we should uh, switch over to the baddies. We've had Chaos Space Marines. Uh a sub you know, a sub element of that, then we had Death Guard, didn't we? Um yeah. And we've also, technically in 2018, but we've also had Chaos Demons. So let's start with Chaos Space Marines. We spoke at length about these recently, so maybe let's uh, let's talk a bit more about the Death Guard and the uh, Chaos Demons. Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't had my head in the um, Chaos Demon book very long, so... Um, what about Death Guard? Is that something that's tempting you with, you know, with them being in the starter set? Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, huge amounts of flavour... Um, you know, we've got some great, great kits. Uh, the, the, this sort of the new characters, the you know, Putrefire and the Talaman and all those sort of things that just, just really come together. Blight Hauler. Yeah, they've, um, they've, they've, you know, if if you're a Death Guard fan, you have been treated recently, haven't you? You know, yeah. Nurgle, Nurgle's always been very, very popular, um, and we're seeing similar things for for demons both in AOS and. Um, and 40k um I, you know i really like the fact that you've got things like horticulus slimux the guy on the snail um you've got him now in 40k you've got um the new the new great unclean one for both uh both game systems it's if you are a nurgle fan you are probably in a very very happy place right now <laughs> yeah and, and i think you know it's so much character in them that it just makes it, you know, easy easy to paint. And like you say, the new kits, the details there. So it, I know that sounds daft, but in some ways, having all that detail makes them easier to paint. You reckon? Yeah, because there's edges to find. Ah, uh, I suppose yeah. With, with because of all the texture, they 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 come up really well when lightly dry brushed. Um, because of all the rivets and the boils and the grooves and everything, they respond very well to washes. So yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I mean, obviously, easy, easy to paint, as in to get a good tabletop. Yeah, to get a good effect yeah. to for it to work well. No, that's that's fair enough. What yeah. about yourself, Ben? Death Guard. Mm, you know what? And I probably hated saying it. The chaos stuff all seems to blur into one for me. Um, however, saying that, so Death Death Guard of the Nurgly ones, just you know, yeah, to, ha- to help you distinguish them. <laughs> yeah. um, however, saying that, um, at Blood and Glory, and I'm aware points might have changed since then with um, the uh, the General's Handbook 40k version. Um, but the I do like the twin Primark list. You know, yeah, Mag- Magnus, Magnus and Mortarian in the same list. Yeah, that's 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 a scary list. I don't know how powerful it is, um, scenario playing and all that, but it it looks super cool on the table. 
yeah oh what's i mean what's not to like bringing two demon primarchs and you know i guess we could potentially talk about demon primarchs in our projection uh but i reckon we'll see another one by the time 2018's out i hope so because it's super cool yeah the more massive beasts on the table, or the opportunity to see massive beasts on the table, the better, in my my opinion, because it's all well and good having, you know, your uh, intercessors, you know, cruising through ruins, you know, taking up tactical fire positions, and you know, supported by a light tank or maybe a slightly heavier tank. But having a massive centerpiece, something like a demon primarch, you know, or a, you know, a, or a super heavy tank, stuff like that, it's just it's just cool. What's not to like? It makes it makes the games more cinematic and oh yeah, you know. I, I think for me that's 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 always a good thing. I and mean, there's a lot of there's uh, a lot of background behind it. You know, the, they these are special characters. You know, less so super heavy tanks, but um, you know, the demon like Mortarion, his story goes all the way back to you know, he he is a Primarch. He's he's one of the first. So that's a really cool, you know, the, the the Death Guard, the fall of the Death Guard, that dynamic, the dynamic between Mortarius and Typhus, you know, it's, uh, you know, Ma- Magnus and Araman, you know, this, this, yeah, I could, I could squee about it all day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think Death Guard would be the ones I would jump into. Um, although saying that, um, since we chatted about it, I've been looking again for me to make it manageable. This kind of whole smaller um, kill team type thing would be um, the Forge World Night Lords models. They're 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 not called Raptors, but they're the the jump infantry. I mean, those are great fun, and I think painted slightly. Diff- I paint them slightly differently, but. Yeah. You were talking about the Night Raptors. Yes, the Night Raptors. Yeah. That's so what I'm talking about. Raptors are the ones in 40k, and Night Raptors are the um, Night Lord specific Forge World unit. Yes. I mean, I think you mentioned we messages about it, and you were mentioning about a whole army of them, but. Oh, yeah. It would look really cool, wouldn't it? But 40 quid for five can yeah. add up, though, isn't it? Oh, well, can't take it with you. Money's only a thing. <laughs> Resins forever. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, no. I, I mean, I think I think for me, uh, lots of options, um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what we're going to get. Thousand Suns. Yeah, that's you know, obviously we've had that leak. You know, that's uh, or the reveal. It's less of a leak when it's Games Workshop yeah. doing it. Uh, we've had the yeah. reveal from GW, haven't we? At the uh, the New Year's Open Day, Thousand Suns yeah. are coming. The Codex. Yeah. Um, that's also really exciting. New units. So you know, we're bringing some AOS models into. Um, into 40k which is very cool yeah i mean they're, they're all demons they're all kind of a blurry kind of chaos realm creatures aren't they so yeah why not yeah cool so that's kind of chaos and we won't really we won't talk about a huge amount about demons because the book has only just really kind of come out so uh, we've not really had the time to digest it quite yet um i guess we uh the two remaining are now uh tyranids and eldar i'm a big tyranids fan my i bought a, an exocrine model got very very excited um and it's just sat in its plastic wrapping i've not done anything i i, I love tyranids they're i would say they're my favorite army kind of conceptually the law behind it you know just this endless tide of ravening aliens very very cool um i, I don't know what i don't know why maybe it's maybe it's because i've had a couple of nid armies before i'm less excited about them now and i want to do new things um, you know, like Primaris Marines or Custodes or something like that. 
Um, is, is Tyranids something? Um, ben, are you uh, are you a fan of Tyranids? No, um, no, I don't think so. Eldar, though, yeah, yeah. What? So, what would you do for Eldar if you were to do an Eldar army? I have no idea, but that I played Eldar when I was a kid. When I was when I first got into Games Workshop. Same um, here, actually. Was, that was my first 40k it was Dark army. Elves, Dark Elves and Eldar and Ultramarines. Um, you know, Warhammer and a couple of 40k armies. Um, interestingly enough, some of the models are still the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a Weirdly, lot. There's a lot of Eldar some armies. Of the Eldar actually. models are a good twenty years old. Yeah. Um, I remember I had the the lead, as it was called, Elder Dreadnought. It's now a Wraith Lord, and it was it kept on falling apart. I kept on dropping it, and I was remember, you know, when you've got like, you know, a bucket loads of super glue on all the joints, and nothing really sticks together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> story of my life. Oh, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Elder Elder are really nice. Um, they've got some stunning models, even like, but they've kind of held up quite well, haven't they? Yeah, I've seen someone's been painting. All the um, all the called the exarchs. Yeah, uh, oh, do you mean the, the the phoenix phoenix lords? Yeah, that's it. James R and a few yeah. of the others, and they're all <laughs> James like R and, James and R model. the others. Go on. Yeah, I don't know any of the others. Behave. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, proper old models, and they're all they all still stand up. Yeah, I had Fugan, who was the uh, go on. Which one's Fugan, Ben? Um, the dog reaper. Yeah. The one with the big guns. All right, right, let's let's here we go. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do an Ashes of the Imperium <laughs> pop quiz. So I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give you all the names, and you're gonna yes. tell me which uh, Exarch shrine they belong to. So we have Baharath, Janezar, Morgan Ra, Fugan, Karandras, and Azuman. Oh, well, Azuman's the Dire Avengers. Yes. Baharath, did you say? That's correct. He sounds like the uh, the swooping hogs. Yeah. Um. Driz, what was the other one? Dristanta. Dristanta. Yeah, Where did that come from? Um, Jane's R. Google. <laughs> Morgan Ra. Karandras. I just googled it. I don't oh, know. I don't, don't know cheat. Anything. I've been so, busted. Fugan. Fugan is the fire. Fire dragon. The fire dragon's yeah. one. I'm disappointed, Ben. I'm disappointed in you. I'm not angry. Not angry. Just, just, just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Eldar have always been on my cool list of like that would be a cool army to do, which I'll probably never do. But you know. I would love. To, I think everyone, you know, every Eldar fan would love to see plastic, uh, plastic aspect warriors. You know, if if they redid the range all in plastic, you know, howling banshees in plastic. Uh, um, I don't know, maybe a a dual kit fire dragons and um, uh, dark reapers. Something like that. I, yeah. Don't it, you just get the impression um, they've got a chance to do something amazing with Eldar? Yeah. If, you know what I mean? Yeah. If if they're gonna if they're gonna do something like wow for forty k, other than the Primarchs and some you know, can I can go with Orcs and Eldar? I can see potentially something absolutely bonkers for. Uh, not Jukari, the Yunari. Because mm. the Yunari don't have, you know, they've got the... They've got the God back. They've got the God. They've, they've got the Triumvirate uh, models. They've got three models. And obviously you, yeah. can, you can, you know, put your Eldar models in there, but they could do some really, really fancy, cool, awesome new models for the Yunari. Um, 
same for the Jakara as well, but you know, there's all, already an established range. And, and the theme we're seeing with these codex releases is, is that there aren't new models. You know, we're, we're not seeing, um, there's been a couple where we've had a, a slight support, but we're not seeing a whole host of models come out. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, like I said earlier, they've got to blitz through everything. But mm. if you think, you know, if you're a figure designer and you've been making 40k figures forever and you really want the chance to do something like mind-blowingly different but still fit it into 40k, where, where, where can you go with that? Not many not many factions and um, armies you can really do it with, but I think Eldar have got the potential there to maybe something, I don't know, don't know what the something might be. I think it's got it's got the potential. Yeah, and uh, uh, that cuts across both systems, really, doesn't it? You know, whether it's elves or Eldar, they are a they are a mystical entity, and they've always been a bit mysterious and a bit esoteric. So, bringing in crazy new ideas, whether it's resurrecting a dead god, or you know, we've seen leaks on um, or, you know, rumor mill things on um, the Warhammer Mill, uh, the Warhammer Mill, the rumor mill uh, on the Warhammer community website of um, of like little little dragon. Uh, models on like a staff or something like that and it looks like a pet dragon um you know something like a dragon elf race for aos or you know oh imagine imagine exodites plastic exodites in 40k there's just there's just so much scope so much scope i I think i think for me the physical sort of design of the eldar is pretty timeless i mean they are they are very iconic what new designs could absolutely do is bring a lot more of the grace in the posing, whereas the older models have had to be, you know, chunky enough by to stand merit, up to. By merit of their age, they are slightly as uh, you know, they are less dynamic. They're a lot more yeah. static than they could potentially be now if they were redone. Yeah, and you so, just so you I, just I, need to look at the difference between the Skyrunner jet bikes and the old jet bikes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, th- I think for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. They would just go to another level if they if they you know, went back to them. I think it'd be great. The one thing I was incredibly disappointed with the elder release was the dice. They just they just look really really awkward to read. I don't like dice with um, numerals on them. I like dice with pips. I've been rolling dice for goodness knows how many years, and my brain is trained to read pips. When when people <laughs> roll dice with like fives and sixes on them the numbers i just look at them and, and my brain just doesn't like it obviously I, obviously i can read and i can you know i'm, I'm <laughs> i can read numbers well done dan but like your brain when you're rolling dice i think your brain picks things up very very quickly based off the symbols and the shapes whereas with the numbers i think it's slightly harder certainly for me maybe maybe my brain's not not wired the right way uh, my son's got some of the nurgle dice and for me it's just like dude what is it just tell me just tell me how many hits <laughs> yeah how many, I, the numbers how many blobs is that is that three four i mean they're fun he's like absolutely dad i've rolled but, all the sixes <laughs> the blob, blobs again? are different <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they're great fun but for gaming you just need some big dots on a on a block and then we all know where they are yeah but, exactly pick, pick them out easily Everyone's happy. Yeah, I can see they're all the, they're all the hits left. Roll them to wound. Let's get on with it. So, so let's go back to Tyranids because I feel like we we glossed over them. And I'm, as I say, I'm a big Tyranids fan. Ben, you're not. Why is that? I don't know. Just um, just didn't grab me. 
Fair enough. What about you, Steve? Are you uh, are you a fan of the big big beasties? Yeah, um, I I do have. There is something about the kind of early contact models, lictors, gene stealers, that kind of thing. The vanguard yeah. organisms, as they're known. Exactly. For me, they are what I think of as tyranids for, for me they're the they're the much more kind of feral animalistic um it's not that it has to be you know jaws and claws it, it can be weaponry um and i do like the whole kind of mechanic of the the hive mind and you know for me just sometimes when you get down to the warriors I don't know. There's just something about how they kind of fit in. Does does doesn't quite work for me. I think because the warriors kind of stand up a little bit more in a human manner, whereas gene stealers are kind of hunched over, claws coming out, and and obviously where they've come from is is really insidious and disgusting if you think about it. Um, they they just they just feel a lot more alien than warriors. And, and, and I think for me, that's where, you know, that kind of goes through to, I don't, I don't know why this is just total, you know, my kind of take on it. I mean, things like the Swarm Lord and stuff, I'm super happy with that because for me, that just seems like the, yeah, the ultimate killing machine version of it. Um, and I'm even happy you know, with the Warlock and stuff like that, because again, for me, that that's what, that's what I kind of imagine it's going to be as an army i mean the venomthropes i quite like those they kind of make sense so there's again this kind of whole um synergy of them you know only at an instinctive level all working together um I, i've got some um which is not are not painted and they they come out sometimes um but i tell you what has been really good is the changing the rules for things like getting rid of move through cover and actually, Tyranids are so fast now. Yeah, I mean, I think Tyranids have come off quite well with the changes of the like the the main the main rules themselves, haven't they? Um, I think we'll have to we'll have to do a Tyranid episode quite soon because we've had a couple of requests for it. Um, so uh, fret not, Tyranid fans. Yes, it will be coming soon. So that that's that's what we've had. Those are the codexes that were released in 2017. And obviously, demons very recently in January eighteen. Chapter approved is the other big one. Yeah, chapter approved. That's another big one. Changes to the points. We've had rules for certain factions that haven't received codex. I think that was a big thing, wasn't it? And I know they're not full rules, but there's something. Yeah, I think for me, they they they're hinting at what could be to come. They're just giving that little bit of extra. They're just kind of reassuring you that. You know, nothing's forgotten. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, I think. Well, Ben, what do you think of chapter proof? Because you, you were very privileged enough to be on the uh, general's handbook playtest team, weren't you, for Age of Sigma? So you've kind of you've seen this process from the inside. Yeah. So weirdly, totally not aimed at me, because um, I'm not that sort of player for 40k. It's like the last thing I want to be reading is a book full of rules and numbers. <laughs> Whereas in Age of Sigmar, that's totally my thing. So um, it's kind of a 
a whole backwards book for forty k for me. Well, I suppose, so, uh, but it does have. It's got some some really cool uh, narrative rules. It's got some additional rules for terrain and stuff in it. So I think there's a there's a there's it's not just a match play um, uh, handbook, but I no, suppose no, that sure, the the sure big the not, big just... part of of the chapter proof is obviously the updated points and the the more rules and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess you we we don't really pitch ourselves at that level, do we? You know, we are we're kind of more hobby gamers rather we're not operating at the top top end of competitiveness, are we? Yeah, not even that in my respect. I'm just enjoying uh, you know um playing some forty K, painting the models, reading the stories, not actually bothered what the rules are or how they work. Um so yeah, it's not odd book for me. Um it, which is really weird considering you know, the sort of game I am. Um, yeah, just an odd, an odd one. But it's nice It's nice to have a system where you don't have to worry about all those things. Yeah. And where you, where you can concentrate on just, you know, things for the, the just for the love, love of the hobby. You know, I want to get that model, but it's rubbish. Who cares? It's cool. You know, it's rubbish in the rules. Yeah, it's exactly. cool. It's cool on the tabletop. I'm going to get two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anything else in the sort of the release schedule for 2017 that we've that we've missed? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the Sector Mechanicus terrain pieces that we had, and um, the chap on Twitter who's been tweeting about what's his name? Oh, is it Ray? Yeah, he's one of he's one of the oh, the, the terrain designer. Yeah, yeah. that's him, Ray Dranfield. That's the one, Ray Dranfield. Yeah, Amazing. he's 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 just at Ray Dranfield. On Twitter, yeah. So not only has he built other terrain, he's tweeting about how it goes together. Oh yeah, we had. Oh here we go. On January first, he even tweeted, uh, "Goodbye, twenty seventeen. A pretty good year for Warhammer forty k scenery releases. Can't wait for twenty eighteen. So that's cool. Can't wait for twenty eighteen. I wonder what that means. Yeah, I, I think for me it was it, it it was you know out of the box. If you you make them like a Lego kit, they were great kits, mm. and and everybody likes to you know, kit bash a few things, but it wasn't really, I don't think until, you know, Ray was saying, did you realize that? Yeah. Actually, the nozzle, actually this- the nozzle from kit B fits <laughs> the Ujima flip from kit C. And if you add it to the, if you turn kit Z sideways and then, you know, glue it upside down, then it, it turns it into this. And everyone's like, no way. That's amazing. It, it just the simplest of things that, you know, the, I'm looking on the website now because I have no way I'd remember all this. The, the the Galvic servo haulers, so the little set of wheels that the big crane sits on, the little mm. casters, is the perfect size to put the armoured containers on. Yes. And it's just like, oh, that's uh, that, you know, it, it is literally that cleverness, I think, for me, that means actually you can kitbash these without even having to, you know, be a super clever at building terrain. The stuff builds itself. I think it's so cool. So in other news, I built sixty armed containers at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what? We was that is that for Blood and Glory twenty eighteen? Yeah, so while I was running the Masters, we had armored containers on the go. <laughs> Twenty boxes of them. Wow. Wow. But they're needed, aren't they? We need to block line of sight. You need cover in this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a, a beaten tin hoarder as well now. And we're making some um, good old Blue Peter terrain, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're really good for scatter terrain, like you say. You know, you can just 
you can have a few big buildings and then you can just scatter loads of armor containers around some barrels some pipes and then you've got a full you know a full terrain board that's one of my projects for 2018 actually is um is getting my terrain sorted built a castle out of them yeah like <laughs> like a big fort, fort high. <laughs> <laughs> i was just playing with them all afternoon yeah it's cool so, um, so yeah no, you, well um, there we go talk, talk about blood and glory ben because that happened in 2017 didn't it yeah yeah it's um i ran this little event <laughs> uh, <laughs> little event how many players yeah. was it what? We had um, about 350 through the doors over the weekend, which was quite nice. Um, we had, uh, I think, 120 playing Age of Sigmar. We had about 80 or so playing, uh, uh, maybe more than that, playing 40k. We had um, a load playing Shadespire and loads of people watching as well. It was really cool. Had Heresy, um, 30k as well, didn't it? Heresy, yeah, Heresy as well and Warhammer Achievements. Um, it's like a narr- narrative kind of AOS bit, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. We had Games Workshop seminars. Yeah, it's it's really good. And um, the 40k guys were an interesting lot. And um, we were saying off air, I think, um, a lot of them just love to turn up and kill each other with guns. (laughs) Blow each other off the board. And uh, that's it. That's the hobby. So it's cool. It's, um, you know, it's kind of my hobby in Age of Sigma, funnily enough. Um, so yeah, it was interesting seeing some of the lists and some of the armies that were brought to do that. Yeah, there's some pretty extreme lists, and you can tell that a lot of people, like you say, like their focus isn't on, uh, you know, winning best painted. It's it's their focus is I want to bring this because it's good. I need to get it in inverted commas painted for the event, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not wasting any more any more time than I need to on it. I just want to bring this because it's it's going to absolutely kick some uh, some heads in. Um, but that's you know, like you say, that's 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 some people's hobby is is taking the the best list they can. But I think that that kind of that style of hobby seems to be more prevalent in the forty k scene, doesn't it? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, there's a lot of people that like that, but there's more people. You see, more people playing. And uh, and you're running it again this year, aren't you? Yep, it's the first weekend in November, same place in Derby. Um, it's a uh, it's a three day event. We're going to be running lots of lots of forty k, Edge Sigma, Shade Spire. Introducing probably some of the new um, uh, Games Workshop events as well. We're going to Necromunda and things like that. So it's all Games Workshop games. Um, yeah, so hopefully see you there. If anyone's interested, just keep an eye on, um, just follow me on Twitter, I suppose is the best way, or um, Ashes Imperium, follow us here, and I'm sure there'll be some announcements close to the date. But it's just Blood and Glory, the event's called, and we've got a website as well. And can can people buy tickets already? Can they? Yeah, kind of unofficially. This the tickets are up. Um, you know, if you want to jump in at last year's price, you still can. They were going off sale later in the year, ready for a, a big um, a big announcement and launch in the summer and uh, 2018 prices as well. So, if you want to gain early and secure a place now, you actually still can. Excellent. Cool. So, um, Steve, let's round it out with what was your favourite thing in the whole of 2017 for for 40k hobby my favorite thing what was the best thing that happened to 40k in uh, just to be able to play it again i think for me it was just to be able to dive in and 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 actually build some armies build build some ideas and and, and i think uh you know and i've started some walks so we'll talk about that on our plans for the next show. But I think for me, the ability for me to go, 
actually new 40k i've never done orcs i'm super excited about them they're a slow build because i'm converting a load of stuff but i think for me it's just that it's kind of reset everything and anything's possible i think i think it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit overview is that but i think for me just to be able to play the game again is great fantastic what about yourself ben so for me it's just the hiking forward of the timeline the you know um i, I take it gilliman and all that was this year wasn't it, it wasn't back in the last year uh was yeah it? because yeah that's right because beginning of 2017 is when we saw the the gathering storm first book released yeah and that's then right so gathering storm in in the spring and then big bobby g came a few months later didn't yeah he? that's right yeah, that for me, really. Just, it kind of crossed the line, didn't it? The unspoken line of, this is minute to midnight, and it doesn't, you know, we're always at that stage, and we have been for 20 years. Um, we're, and it just we're, like, we're one minute past midnight now, aren't we? Yeah, at well, least. It, it gave it a good shove over the line, and um, the new edition coming in with it. I think that was the biggest, most exciting thing for me. I think when that White Dwarf leaked with um, Gilliman in it, and... It was kind of, you know, Primark. It was kind of unbelievable. Um, and then the community team had to respond quickly to um, get more information out about it. It was just, you know, almost unbelievable. And then then it's true. And then it's more and more and it keeps coming and coming. And I think that got so much attention. It got so many people who've not played 40K for years, myself included, really interested in just wanting to learn about the timeline to just find out what was going on and then naturally um, thinking oh maybe I can just pick some marines up and maybe I can just play a few games and I think it was just a, gr- a great way of doing it and um, always almost makes you wonder what they could have done in hindsight with Age of Sigmar for, particularly for players like me who are um, you know 20 or more years deep in it and had your, had your favourite characters all killed um, whereas 40k seemed to transition a lot easier with that um, so yeah that's probably been the highlight for me fair enough yeah no, that, that's that's a fair fair comment I think um, for me the coolest thing that's happened to 40k in 2017 is the introduction of these easy build kits I, don't, I say introduction you've mm-hmm. always been able to buy those little small boxes of like five guardians or five termagants that have been kind of starter set t- style things but the the kind of ex- significant expansion of the easy to build range for me uh is probably the coolest thing that's happened because you've now got the likes of like a myphitic blight hauler for death guard you've even got a redemptor dreadnought that comes in like yes. five pieces <laughs> or something ridiculous like that that was good timing i've got one in my hand <laughs> <laughs> i've and got not two easy build. Ne- is it not? Not no. <laughs> it's the difficult build. <laughs> oh, oh, the one you've got in your hand is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. So, when I built my Redemptor, it took me absolutely ages. So, we'll talk about this in the Primaris uh, episode we're going to do uh, later today. But I'm I'm writing a list. I've written a list which has got three Redemptors in it. So, faced with the prospect Change of. It. No, no, no. I want three redemptors. So, I've, and I've already bought two more. Um, so, faced with the prospect of assembling another two redemptors, I uh, I decided just to to buy two easy build ones, and it's very a very well timed uh, release from Games Workshop there. So, yeah, just the fact that you've got the things like redemptor dreadnoughts, 
uh, you know, aggressors, blight haulers. You've even got, you know, unique sculpts like Lord Felthius and the Tainted Cohort and the Intercessors. They're unique sculpts just in those kits. So if you add those to your existing uh, armies, they're not going to look like duplicates. Obviously, if you buy more than two of that box, they will do. But, it, you know, it's not just they're three more that look like the ones you've already got. They're three unique ones. So for me, that's that's the coolest part amongst a whole host of cool things. I think for me, it's 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 like when you think, you know, the level of engineering's got to a certain level, right? They just seem to manage to find another... I mean, I've, I've not got the new Dreadnought, but I believe you can... You almost build it chassis and then you put the armor panels on. Is that right? Oh, I've not opened mine yet. I might, I might do an unboxing on Twitter. So I think for me, it's that kind of whole engineering behind it. And then to be able to go and make an easy build that, you know, doesn't look like a toy. <laughs> because, you know, we, we all know the sort of plastic toys that you can get that are just poor plastic. And yeah, it's not, it's, not a low, it's not a low quality model. No, and to be able to do that, and you just kind of go, fantastic. I, I agree. I think it's a good shout, Dan. I think I think for me that that bodes well, and and picking and picking the right kits to do those with, rather than just more basic infantry. Yeah, okay, fine, but I've got loads of that in my starter set, or my get started, or whatever is going to be. You know, it, it, it's it's those it's, it's those bigger kits is what we want to see. Definitely. Right, well, there we have it. That's our review. That's episode 11, the review of 2017. Uh, we'll, we'll be releasing this um, alongside Soon. or, or sh- shortly before a uh, uh, the projections for 2018. So join us in episode 12, where we'll be doing that, looking at our hopes and our fears for 2018 for 40K, what we're hoping to see and what we're hoping not to see. If you want to get hold of Ben on Twitter, where can they find you, Ben? At baddice underscore podcast. And Steve? At tinracersteve. And I am at dangermouse425. Obviously, if you want to get hold of the podcast itself, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at AOTI40K. That's AOTI40K. Leave us a review on iTunes if you've enjoyed the episode. If you want to write in and tell us specifically... For next episode, what you're looking forward to seeing, what your what your predictions are. We've seen obviously some uh, some reveals from Games Workshop recently, but aside from that, what do you think is going to be coming in 2018? Um, is there anything specifically you're hoping not to see? Write in, tell us whether it's on Twitter or email or Facebook, whatever it is. Thanks very much for joining us. So all that remains is to wish you very very happy hobbing. Bye bye. Bye guys. It is the fate of the weak to die unknown, and the destiny of the strong to rule for eternity. Give me glory, or give me death.